episode of the CGA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode, I've got Alexi Bulwark joining me as we talk about March Madness. A little March Madness preview. Probably uh, probably a two-parter podcast coming up here with Alexi today and Jake tomorrow. But whenever you listen to this, we'll see if I got Jake on. It's all tentative until it actually happens. So, Alexi, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. March is here. Uh, one of the best months I look forward to throughout the year. So I'm pumped for some college basketball tournaments, the conference tournaments, and then of course, March Madness, which will be starting in two weeks. Seems seems like that kind of stuck up on me, I gotta say. Um, not necessarily sure how that happened, but more than happy to have March Madness with fans in 2022. Now, of course, as anyone can see, there's no SU flag behind me. There's no SU stuff behind you. You're wearing orange. I should have worn orange for this podcast specifically just to RIP Oklahoma State's chances at making the NCAA's postseason this year, but those those weren't even happening. So instead, we're going to talk about March Madness, potential upsets, top sixteen seeds been revealed here, and talk a little about more about the you know potential potential winners of it all at the end of the day. So I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and lead off. We saw this top sixteen seeds, right? Gonzaga, you know, being number number one overall, then Auburn, Arizona. Kansas, I can kind of keep going here, but Baylor at five, I'll, I'll stop there, kind of counting it, going out. All, weirdly enough, every single team in the top 10, I think it is, or top six, besides Duke, lost last Saturday. And Gonzaga, of course, plays in a much different conference with much different types of opponents than Baylor or even Auburn, for that matter, um, and definitely you know, and Arizona, et cetera. So when, when you saw this past Saturday and all these teams lost, are you taking into account any of those games? Do you think it was just kind of a fluky deal? What, what are your thoughts here from last Saturday's kind of crazy amount of upsets? Yeah, I I think it's definitely uh, something to be ready for come, come March Madness because I don't think it was a fluke. I think this year, and we'll get more to it, but I think this year is super wide open. And I know most years they are, but there's usually a couple of times where there's like two to three dominant teams that you really feel can do it. But man, I think there are tons of teams that could literally just depending on the run, depending on their bracket can, can make that push and, and get to the final four and, and win it all. So I think this past weekend was just a preview of what to expect come conference tournament time. And then March madness, of course, the, the NCAA tournament, because yeah, the t- like you just said, the top six teams lost and that includes Gonzaga, who everyone thinks is the best team in college basketball. Um, no team is safe. I, I mean, especially in a, in a, in a one, single loss elimination tournament we all know anything can happen so i think i think that's just a preview of, of what's to come yeah i wish oklahoma state we could have pulled it out and beat ou but then again i'm not trying to make this a whole entire oklahoma state podcast here so with, with all that being said i mean there are just so many things about that game that just frustrated me but it was interesting to me that a bunch of these teams lost past you know on the past saturday that weren't necessarily um they didn't all lose to like horrible teams. Like the, the Arizona loss at Colorado was weird. The Auburn loss at Tennessee. Tennessee's ranked their top top twenty in the country. The Baylor, you know, beating KU. Baylor's ten, KU's five. Like what yeah. are we doing here? Not a huge upset. That right there. Um, right. And then Arkansas, Kentucky is another one. I'll just point out here as well too, where it's like, okay, well, Arkansas is ranked eighteen. The the, the uh, I mean, there, there's certainly weird ones, but like Tech yeah. losing on the road at TCU by three 
isn't the worst loss or biggest upset ever to right. I, it just and i could kind of probably keep going here off of a little bit more stuff but the arizona colorado one is bizarre just because i don't think colorado is good whatsoever i don't yeah and arizona nope. only scored 63 and colorado scored 79 but then again there's probably a lot of more nuances into that game whereas the other the other teams here of you know tennessee losing by five you know winning by five excuse me mississippi excuse me michigan state winning by three against purdue you know baylor beating KU by 10 but then again top 10 matchup there and you know, Arkansas beating Kentucky by two just just really goes into all of this like these were incredibly close games like you're saying they were upsets because the key thing is it's like the favorite didn't win but they right. weren't huge upsets these are not a besides the Colorado Arizona one they're not a bunch of just oh craziest matchups ever even the Gonzaga St. Mary's St. Mary's is playing at home they won by 10 and they're ranked 23 in the country so with all due respect, like a ranked team beat another ranked team at the end of the day. And granted, it's two ends of the spectrum on the ranking system. One's one's one and one's 23, but, but bizarre. I'm kind of giving you credit there for, for that point because I do think there'll be a lot of different upsets here going forward. Of everything that we've seen so far this year, do you have some, you know, I'm not saying like potential favorites to win it all, but do you are there some teams where you're like, you know what, if they got a good Final Four kind of bracket if they got a good couple matchups i'm favoring these couple of teams in my bracket so far for sure for sure i've um i've actually watched i i'm usually a big college basketball fan i'll watch you know throughout the year um i started picking up a lot more on it in january that's usually when i i mean i'm watching some football from november december but i'm always in the loop with college basketball i like to i like to watch college basketball it's fun for me um but yeah since january i've really been trying to key down on some teams that i've just think are strong and some that I think are weak and can, e- can easily lose that first round matchup. But I'll start with a couple teams that I like uh, to make a run, you know, just depending on their, on their bracket. And then of course, what I've seen from them this year overall. So, and of course this means nothing about if I like them as a team, because I think there's gonna be a couple teams on here who are very, who, who aren't popular and teams want to, people want to see lose and as early as possible just because of who they are. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of go off a list of teams I've put down who I could see winning it all. Uh, like I just mentioned before. So partly some part, some teams on my list, I like, um, one of them, and this is in no specific order, but Kentucky, I think Kentucky is very strong this year. Great guard play. Great big guy down low. The guy that transferred from West Virginia, uh, I believe his name is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Oscar Sheway or something. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kentucky is very strong. I think what they did against Arkansas, yeah, they lost by two over the weekend against them, but that's a hostile environment. Arkansas plays great at home. Kentucky was bound to lose one of those games, but I like what I've seen from them overall this year. And of course, you got John Calipari, who's a well-known coach. So I think Kentucky is one of my strong teams that I like. Um, I also really like Duke. Um, as much as I hate to say, I'm not a Duke fan. I really just don't like them at all. You know, Duke's just one of those teams that people you either like them or you hate them. But they've just looked, they've looked strong this year. And I think um, when you can add the, oh, Coach K is going out after this year. He's, he's retiring. Wow, what a story it would be if he won the championship. I think that there's some, there's some stuff there to that. I'm not saying that's the only reason they would win, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I think Duke's, Duke's going to be a strong team in the tournament. Uh, they'll be a tough out. But um, I won't go as in-depth as, as I've been right now, but I'll just list a couple of teams other than those. So Kansas, I think they're a strong team come tournament time. I think Texas Tech has played amazing this year. Well-coached. 
they've had that schedule in the Big 12 where every night they can't take a night off. They're, they're going to be pre- prepared for the tournament. So I really do like Tech come tournament time. Um, I like Baylor. I think Baylor is strong. Um, they've brought some guys back from last year. They're going to be ready to go. Um, and then a couple other teams. Yeah, Gonzaga, they're there. I, I, I don't love them because I, I always hate how they play. And not that they they don't play a non-conference schedule, but they they, they, they play these teams in the regular season uh, in their conference. And I just I feel like it almost hurts them sometimes when they're getting ready for the tournament. So they're on my list as a team that could win it all because they're good, of course. But I, I'm always skeptical about them. And then a couple other ones would be Arizona, um, Villanova. And then, of course, Auburn and maybe Purdue. Uh, Purdue's kind of scared me a bit lately, but that would be like the last team I'd put on my my strong team list. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I I got you there for sure, I guess, because I on on the Gonzaga part of it, I I'm just not a huge not, not a huge Gonzaga like fan. At the end of the day, I I think they'll be really good. I think they're probably a a really good team, but like when, when I go look through, you know, for, for example, um, when I go back through best tournament performances that Gonzaga has had, which is a great, a great resource for ESPN. And it's part of the thing I'm going off of here because I know you and Jake watch a ton of college basketball. Jake actually came out and visited me here not too long ago in LA and recorded an in-person podcast, which was fun. But we talked about, oh, okay, like, you know, who are your, who are your guys to watch? And one of them is, he's like, this Chet Holmgren guy is good at basketball, like really, really good, but he's also just really lanky. Like I, this guy screams injury prone to me and granted, he's still playing basketball at a high level. He's playing college basketball. He's playing against a, a lot of great teams in his conference. St. Mary's who's ranked team and great teams mean like they're quality basketball teams. This is not like they play in the division two or something, you know, they D1 basketball players, you and I could not beat any day of the week, right? So that's kind of what I'm going into here. Like, there are other bunch of physical, athletic guys who are out there for school night that he's playing against. But in the non-conference, they usually have a good non-conference slate. They play against KU. They usually get a couple other games as well. And Chet's been fine so far. So knock on wood, I never wish any injuries to any player. But when I go through the past year of like, okay, so, you know, Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs makes all the way to national championship. Year before that, then it's kind of like, all right, 20, you know, 2019. Then Gonzaga, okay, they lose to Tech in the regional final. Year before, you know, year before that, they lose to Florida State. Year before that, they lost to North Carolina, granted, in the national championship. But still, there's just a bunch of, like, Gonzaga losing to Syracuse, Gonzaga losing to Duke, Gonzaga losing to Arizona, or Wichita State, like Ohio State. Actually, they beat Oklahoma State in the first round of 2014, which I completely forgot about. But I'm saying all of this to say, the teams they lose to are generally really, really, really good teams in the in March Madness. So they do have a history of, you know, just last year beating Norfolk State, then you know, State, then beating Oklahoma, then beating Creighton, then beating USC, then beating UCLA, and then playing that championship and losing to Baylor. Granted, that game was not that close. It was 16-point blowout, but they had just had the Jalen Suggs incredible moments beating UCLA by three points in the game beforehand. So I'm kind of chalking that one up to an emotional high that you got to come down from, but playing the national championship a little bit. So with all this being said, like I'm kind of tying the line here between, do I think Gonzaga's good or do I think they're not good? And I just don't have a lot of faith in Gonzaga just winning it this all at all this year that that St. Mary's loss is either a K okay, crap, like a gut check. We got to do better. 
we got to be better overall, etc. Or it's got to be a, okay, well, let's see here. Are we not that good? Like, and I got to be honest, I don't think Gonzaga's built to play defense at all. I've seen them play a couple different games. I just don't think they're going to be one of those teams that's able to play really good defense, whoever they match up against. Now, I do think they'll get into the Elite Eight or so because they'll be a number one seed. And I think they'll have not the easiest line ever, but they're number one overall seed. They'll have an easier line. And I think that they'll end up facing a team that's once another team's physical against them. It just changes the whole game. I mean, UCLA last year was an incredible, incredible team, but they were ranked like 11 or 12 in the, you know, mm-hmm. in, in March Madness and made it all the way into the final four. That's a crazy story within itself. And then all of a sudden they play a super physical Baylor team who just, I mean, beats them up is the wrong word, but you know, kind of just posterizes them down low. And they have an answer. So here's my thing with Gonzaga. I, and I've really thought about every time I do a bracket and I'm not perfect on brackets. Last year was the first time I won in freaking, I don't even know, maybe 10 years. So it's hard. Brackets are hard, but I do try to like really look at teams I've, I've watched all year and, and base it off of that. And I did have Gonzaga in my finals last year. I had Baylor beating them. That was why I won because most people had Gonzaga and I, I chose Baylor. Um, but beside the point, I truly believe from what I've watched Gonzaga, I respect them for their non-conference. They've scheduled some teams like this year. I'm just looking at their schedule. They scheduled Texas. They had UCLA. They had Duke, Alabama, Texas tech. So they've, they've put some teams on their schedule and I think they should continue doing that. They, they shouldn't, you know, go into a regular season non-conference, not playing anybody. They they've, they're up there with all those guys. Now, what gets me though, is those two months that they play in the non in the conference. And we have to be honest, that conference is not strong. So I think it almost, the talent is there. We all know Gonzaga is good. They have the talent, no matter what the situation is, because they've, they've proved that they can get far in the tournament. They made it to the finals last year. I just, I truly believe until they can win it all that the conference playing in those conference games and, and not the real competition that they're ready for the tournament. I think it hurts them because look, look, Texas tech may not be, um, I mean, right now they might be top 10, but I'm saying look at a team like Texas tech or just a middle of the pack team in the tournament every night, they're playing a good team for the most part. And if that team isn't great, they're most likely better than the worst team in, in the Western conference that, that Gonzaga is in West coast, whatever they call their, their conference. So Gonzaga is blowing these teams out. They're not playing in as many close games. That's where I think it hurts them come tournament time because they're not as used to playing in that type of game. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Baylor night in night out. Yeah. They might play a team like Texas. Texas isn't great, but they're going to be much better than any other team in that conference that Gonzaga is playing. So Baylor is always going to be they're They're going to get everybody's game. Kansas Baylor tech. They're getting everybody's best game in the big 12. Look, Oklahoma state under 500 this year took Baylor to overtime. I mean, there's so that's why I think these bigger conferences always have an advantage for teams that make a long run. Look at UCLA last year. They were, they were in the pac 12, um, got in as one of the last four teams, won the play in game, made a run, made it to the final four. I mean, I, I think those teams, I, I like to, I like those teams more come the tournament because of their schedule all year. They've had that hard schedule. They've been playing in a lot of close games and, and lately. Um, so that's, what scares me about Gonzaga and never, picking them to win it all. And that's why until they do it, until they prove me wrong, it's hard for me to pick them to win the championship. Um, but all due respect, they've 
they've put themselves out there. They're, they're a good team. No, no doubt. I'm not saying they're not a good team. I just, when they play in that kind of conference, it just, it just really scares me. And uh, I don't have any as much confidence as I wish I could have in them. Yeah. And I think the comparison to UCLA playing last year is one of the playing teams, right? Makes a really good argument for Gonzaga having a better string of matchups. But then again, we do see like an Oregon state last year who had to make it in by exactly. winning the PAC 12 tournament. And yep. then all of a sudden Oregon state goes on just a heater of, of some times that we fell victim to. And I'm sure Mike Boyne is still sitting there going, what the heck? This is crazy. Yep. How in the world did Oregon state basically get this far or do, you know, pull this off just because no. I, I mean, it, it's, it's weird for me that we're, we're talking about, you know, basically like, um, you know, a West coast conference team this much, because if this was college football, we'd be gone. Boise state. Why are we even letting them have a chance right this year? Right. You know, it was Cincinnati. Why are we letting them even have a chance? Whatever. When March madness, 64 teams, anyone can win it. Gonzaga's made it to the final four twice. They've had 23 different appearances overall in the tournament, and they are 39 and 23. That is a way above 500 level, 500 you know percentage. But then again, when it comes down to like their team best that they've had overall, like you know what we're, we're talking about, all of it is in 2021 or you know or 2015 for their team best and their player bests are a bunch of. 2018 or 2019 stuff with Brandon Clark and a couple other guys who I have no idea who they are. I mean, Idris, Tacky, like no idea. Um, and then of course yep. they have Demonte Sabonis, you know, having one of the the best player values as well too in 2016. But they're not a team that scares me. Like if I'm matched up against Gonzaga, they're just not a team that scares me. Um, as an Oklahoma State fan, for better or for for worse at that point. So yeah, and just for just sure. gets weird. I did want to ask you for sure about mm -hmm. the Big 12, though, and yep. how many teams you think could possibly make it in from the Big 12. So, right as it maps out here, I'm trying to go back to it real quick because I pulled up a second ago. But yes. Big 12 standings, you have an am amazing amount of teams. You know, I mean, I was talking with talking with my roommate here, Patrick, and talking with a couple others about, oh, the Big 12 is just super top-heavy. Well, the Big 12 is just super good, as you're saying. Every single night's a matchup. It's always just one of those things where you can't ever, you can't ever take a night off because you might have a, a West Virginia team no. that just gives you a lot of work. Be even though they've only won three games, you know, in in that's, conference. That's, that's what's so crazy. Weird. West West Virginia has won three games in the conference. They're not as bad as that record says. They really aren't. I they've had a, they've had a rough stretch. Something just t turned middle of the season and 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 hurt them, but. I've watched them play. They're not, they're not like, if you look at that as a non-college basketball fan or just like an average fan, you're like, Oh my gosh, West Virginia sucks. They could be anybody though. on any given night, they almost beat Texas uh, on Saturday. Uh, they lost by one against them. So that just kind of tells you about the big 12. Like our worst team in the conference is not as bad as that record might say it is. Yeah. I, I mean, K state. OU are both six and 11 in the conference. But they're yep. up. But OU, I mean, is a one game over 500, weirdly enough. Now, of course, you've got Oklahoma State here, also 6 and 10 in conference and two games under 500. But we, I've said enough about that. It's bizarre to me that 
a TCU team who's eight and eight in conference, nineteen and nine overall, is. I mean, do you think they're a lock for the tournament? They're fifth, you know, fifth best team in the Big Twelve as far as it comes down to rankings right now. You but, said TCU. Yeah, TCU. I mean, that went over yeah. Texas Tech. I think helps them out a ton and probably a lock for the tournament, even though they're going to go five hundred or close to win conference play. They also just beat Kansas last night. I think mm. it was last night. So oh, and they yeah, won by ten. Yeah. I th- I think they're pretty much a lock for the tournament. I I don't. I mean, for what for that record in the Big Twelve, um, for the went past. Uh, I, I think is should be a, pretty much a lock. And right now I'm trying to see what Lenardi has them at. Cause I like to look at the bracket there and see what he thinks his on his bracket. And this was updated. Uh, looks like yesterday morning. So before the Kansas game, so this, they could have jumped up or been even safer, but I did see them on there. I'm just trying to find where they are on here. So right now he has them as a nine seed. So I think, I think, yeah, they're, especially with just one game this weekend, I think they play West Virginia this weekend, even if they were to lose that and then lose, say, first round of the Big 12 tournament. I think TCU's in. I think no worse than a 10 seed. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would agree. Of the rest of the Big 12 here, so you've got Baylor, third in the country, KU, six in the country, Tech 12, TC, you know, excuse me, Texas 21. Those are the top four teams in the Big 12. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say they're all getting in. They're all ranked teams at this point. Yep. If they lose their final two games of the season, some have one, some have two left, and then and they lose in the first round of Big 12 conference play, I still think no matter what, these top four seeds are in. Then it comes down to, okay, you've got nine possible teams in Big 12 who could make it into the March Madness. Just Oklahoma State's can't because of postseason um, stuff here. But how many teams do you think Big 12 will make it in? How many out of nine? Yeah, I think of the nine... One, two, three, four, five, six. I think I think six. I think from Baylor, from Baylor, Kansas, Tech, Texas, TCU, Iowa State. I think and believe all all six of those teams, regardless of what they do in the Big Twelve tournament, should be in the tournament. Um, I think I think we've seen enough from Iowa State that they deserve to be in. TCU, of course, Texas, and then the other three who who we all know about. Um, I think if they were going to add a seven team, it's going to have to be because they won the big 12 championship or maybe they won and made it to the championship. I think, Oh, you would have to, I think the only team sitting outside of the tournament, looking in of the only real team that has a may, maybe a slight chance is Oklahoma, but they would, I think this, I really still think they have to win the cha- the big 12 championship. I don't, I don't, I think they did it. They hurt themselves a lot in the past couple weeks that pushed them out and far away. Um, but yeah, I think K state West Virginia, I think they have to win their chance. Obviously they have to win the, the, the conference championship if they want a chance to get in and then OU most likely as well, but I'd say six for the, for the, uh, six teams to get in for the, from the big 12. That's, that's a pretty darn good, pretty darn good amount. I, I take that every single day of the week. Now the big 10 is looks like sorry, Joe Lenardi has nine out of 14 <laughs> teams getting in. How do you feel about that? Don't get me started on the Big Ten, man. No, I'm kidding. I, I, you know, last year I, I, I feel like I'm always ripping the Big Ten, and I, I just they're always looked at as this this conference that could just never do any wrong. And l- last year, especially, I don't know if we ever did like a recap of the tournament. I don't remember honestly, but I watched all those games, and I think like maybe one or there might've been one or two teams left after the first weekend, but pretty much all those big 10 teams lost in the first round. And I remember Ohio state lost as a two seed Purdue lost as a five seed. Um, 
I think Wisconsin won one then lost. But yeah, they, I just think the Big Ten is so overrated. And the fact that they have Indiana as a, or, sorry, Michigan as a um, last four by, uh, from looking at the bracketology here, Michigan isn't on the last four team and they're on the bubble, but they have quote a safer a safer way right now because they're a last four by. They're sixteen and twelve overall. I I have seen them play this year and they're just so inconsistent. They're not as good as that as that ten and eight Big Ten record says. And every, you never know what's going to happen in the Big Ten. That's what is so frustrating because there's there's some good teams in there, of course, but I think. I think we we kid ourselves sometimes. Like, oh, well, they're so much better. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt because they play in the Big Ten. No. Indiana and Rutgers, Rutgers can't win on the road. The only reason they're sitting there on the bubble is because they've won all, pretty much all their home games. But I don't think Rutgers is anything special. Um, Michigan State, Michigan, a lot of those teams in there are very mediocre who I could see losing in the first round. Then there's this team who I think you're going to, well, I know you don't like their coach. I don't know how you feel about their program in general, but Illinois, I I've watched them play and they're the most inconsistent team I've watched. They can go from winning a big game on the road and being like, wow, that's a good win. And then they go back home or something and they lose. Like last week, they were a seven point favorite at home against Ohio state and lost the game outright. Um, Illinois is one of those teams who I just, I can't get on. And especially if Coburn, if he gets in foul trouble, totally different team. So, I think Illinois is very vulnerable. I think a lot of Big Ten teams are vulnerable to lose in the first or second round of the tournament. I don't think it's as strong as as maybe that record says. Uh, with those teams like Wisconsin and Purdue, those are my probably my favorite of the t- of of the teams in the Big Ten. But beside that, all those other ones, I think they're completely mediocre. I, I to be honest, I don't watch a ton of basketball that it's not Big Twelve, just because like it's it's Oklahoma State or okay, I'm gonna flip it on because it's KU Baylor or it's it's KU somebody Baylor somebody T- Tech somebody Texas, you know, and they play or whatever too. But with all that being said, like I don't, I don't have a lot of I don't give a lot of credit to the Big Ten as far as just having sheared away. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like I don't give a lot of credit to the Big Ten because they don't do that well. But then I remember like Wisconsin with Sam Decker and I think Frank Kaminsky making to the championship round not too long ago, too. So it's like wishy-washy for me of how as far as I stand on the Big Ten. I'd say this. It just seems like there's a lot of teams beating up on each other and a lot of teams with a really, really good home record. Wisconsin 12 and three at home, you know, Illinois 11 and three, Purdue 15 and one. Iowa fifteen and three, Ohio State twelve and two. Like, and granted, that's if you have a really good home record, that means that you're a really good team usually because you play half your games at home. But then again, like, I don't know. I mean, an Iowa team that's fifteen and five, fifteen and three at home, but five and five away, seems like there may need some more information we need to get here. Purdue being fifteen and one at home. Granted, that stadium is great. So I always hear great yeah. things about it whenever I'm watching them on TV. But they're five and five when they're not at home. And don't know if this is news to anyone, but March Madness, you play every single game away. So mm-hmm. it just seems to me like there could be a little bit of that going on here. I mean, I would hate to see like a Penn State get in on a last possible thing. The only reason I'm throwing that name out is because they're 10th in the Big Ten. I don't think this happens anyway at all because they are four games under 500 in their own conference and they're two games under 500 overall. 
but they're yep. one and eight away. Like that number just sticks out like a sore thumb. They've only won one one road game. So yeah, I mean they're a tenth they're a tenth best team in the Big Ten. I don't think they're getting in. I don't think that we're gonna even be talking about them after today. But Indiana being three and seven on the road, Michigan being four seven on the road. I mean, you've got a Rutgers team that you that you said they're thirteen three at home. They're three and nine on the road. They've lost yep. three straight. Rutgers has. Now I'm sure I'm gonna eat my words here because they're gonna win their next game by like thirty. Of but, course, that's how yeah, it happens. That's that's exactly what happens here when you look at the stats and you figure something's gonna happen. But the sixth best team in the Big Ten shouldn't be three and nine on the road. They just shouldn't right. be. They should be better than that overall. And that's crazy. Like I, I know um, that's something that we, you see a lot of that in college basketball. It's hard. It's hard to win on the road. If any sport has a home court advantage, it's college basketball. Like it's it's a it's a big big advantage for some teams. Like a small team could could easily beat a good a really good team just because they're at home. Like there's just some teams that that struggle on the road. But that is something to really look at here. I mean, I I knew the Big Ten was mediocre, but now looking at that home record compared to the road record, total night and day difference. I mean, Iowa, completely different team on the road. Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana, um, Purdue. I mean, look at them, 15-1 at home, 5-5 five and five on the road. So they're, those are some things to look at when when the bracket gets released because you're not playing at home anymore. Yeah, you might have a closer game to your location, uh, depending on where you get placed in the bracket. But yeah, it's, it's something to definitely look at come tournament time because if you can't win on the road, you know how you're not as great of a road team as you are at home. It's just something, something definitely that is, is an advantage come, come tournament time if, if you can win on the road. And as I go through to look at the Big 12 in comparison of the Big 10 here, home and a road splits, Oklahoma State, 9-6 and six at home, 2-8 and eight on the road, but we're not making the tournament. <laughs> OU, 11-5 at home, 2-8 and eight on the road. They're not making the tournament. K-State, similar deal. They're 9-6 and six at home, 5-7 and seven on the road. West Virginia, I mean, they've got, I mean, I don't even go to, if I should go into it. So they're one and 10 on yep. the road, they're 11 and five at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, the top four seeds in the big 12 of Baylor, KU, Texas Tech, Texas, who do you, who do you like the most out of those four? Or, I mean, TCU or Iowa State, I mean, basically the top, you know, the teams you think in the big 12 that'll make it in yeah. here that we're talking about, who do you like the, who do you like the best? Who'd you favorite Man, the most? That- that's tough because I really, I do like Baylor. I, I was like, yeah, they'll probably be good this year, but they're, they're losing some key pieces, but man, they, they've, they've definitely um, proved me wrong. I think they've got some guys that can play and, and, and Scott Drew's done a great job there. Um, Kansas has looked good, but they, they always worry me come tournament time. I feel like they can have one of those trip ups, but I, it's, it's so hard because I think these three teams are all pretty even in ways. I love the Texas tech defense. I think that defense can keep them in any game. Um, even if they have a game where they can't shoot well, I think that defense can keep them in it because of how well they play. And I think they're up there on Ken Palm for defense. Let me see. I had it pulled up here. Texas tech is number two in the country in Ken Palm and adjusted defense. So uh, that's something that uh, come tournament time, I mean, defense is a big thing that can can win you some games. So uh, Texas Tech might be my favorite of the three. I think Baylor and Kansas can absolutely go far and make a run, depending on their bracket and, and everything else. But Texas Tech, I've I've watched them all year. They're they're in every game for the most part. Their defense is great. They are very well coached by Mark Adams. I think 
I think Texas Tech has um, has the pieces to to make a deep run if 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 it all works out for them. Well, let's see. I was going to see on the other side here who's the best adjusted offensive team in the Big Twelve, and it's KU. So KU, yep. Yeah, and they're they're fourth in the fourth in the country, best you know in the adjusted offensive, which basically is just points scored per one hundred possessions, but. Mm-hmm. Strength of schedule stuff is usually something I get into, right? Like strength of schedule rating, who's got the best strength of schedule. And when yep. using Ken Palm as a tool, you basically have like, I mean, <laughs> you see that? yeah, you, you have Alabama, who's number one overall. And then right behind him, you have three big 12 teams in a row. That's crazy. Followed by another two big 12 teams to round out the top 10 of this. Yeah. KU, West Virginia, K-State. KU's the only one who are think going to have any chance of making the tournament unless West Virginia or K-State just win the whole thing out. Um, where, where do you stand on the screen strength schedule stuff? Like, how, how much does that factor into you yeah. going, okay, I think this actually is a really good, like, use of whatever, because I'll see that the SOS or whatever when yep. they're talking about the brackets and going into it and projecting. How much do you factor that in? I factor it in a ton and that was my reason about gonzaga who i can't find on here can you find gonzaga at all where they are i'm trying to see where they're right where they're ranked on here do you see do you see them i don't see them in the top 10 if i'm missing them um yeah they are i don't they're 110th there you go yeah and that was exactly my point earlier was yes they had that non-conference schedule it looks great good good for them but that, that, that conference schedule weighs them down. And I think come tournament time, the strength of the schedule is huge. I mean, you've played strong teams. Those teams, I, I would rather go into the tournament as a 19 and 10 team and be like a three or four. I mean, it depends what seed they give you, but between a three, five, six seed, then go in as a one seed and play like an, a less, like a super weak schedule. Maybe you fact you put in a couple of conference games. Obviously, everyone wants to be a one seed. You have a, a easier path. But I'm talking more about your team to get like your your who's best prepared for the tournament. And I look at straight the schedule as a huge one. Like like all those Big Twelve teams, they're going to be tested come tournament time. They've played these hard teams all single all all year. They've been playing crazy games from January start of conference play to now going into the conference tournament. So I think strength of schedule is huge and definitely something to look at come tournament time. And it's funny because I actually did, I really did think Gonzaga would be higher than what they are on here. Cause I was like, I don't see them at all. Are they like lower than that? But I mean, that just proves my point that strength of schedule, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something that to look at come tournament time. Well, when I look at a year for Gonzaga, it actually seems much worse to see get into the numbers here on their strength of schedule because they are 110th in the country in strength schedule. But then when you look at it and you go, okay, who's the next closest team to them that's in the top 25 in the rankings? Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, it's Houston, who is 95th in strength schedule. So they're, wow, you know, I mean, 15 spots different. That is just, that's a good amount. That's a good amount. And there's no one really close to Houston wow. even that much either that I can see on the same yeah. screen. So... To me, that has to go into a bunch of different aspects, but one of them being, mm-hmm. even though they have a good non-conference schedule every year that they try to set up for themselves and play a decent non-conference schedule, still at the end of the day, it doesn't really help their strength schedule overall. It just doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It's just like 
when you have that strength of schedule, that strong strength of schedule, you're like I said, you're battle tested. You've played in close games. Those all prepare you for the tournament. I mean, we all know the tournament one game and you're out one bad game and you could be out of the tournament for good. So I think I, I love looking at a team who has a strong strength of schedule because as I've said many times, it prepares them. They're ready for the close games. They've been in those situations. So they're not going to be like, Oh shoot. Like, and, and get nervous in a game where it's close. Maybe it's a one possession game with a minute left. There's teams out there who've been in that situation. That's like, Oh, we've been here before. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. As, as you kind of think about the projected brackets here, uh, moving forward, the big East is having their own type of Renaissance. They have seven projected teams from Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Yeah, I mean, granted, Providence, Villanova, UConn, Creighton, Marquette, Seton Hall, St. John's. Xavier is the 10th best team in the Big East, weirdly enough, that Oklahoma State's played this year. Um, granted, we lost to them. They've got like Butler, DePaul, and Georgetown. Of course, several names here I'm mentioning of the Xavier, Butler, DePaul, and Georgetown have probably no shot making the comp making anything overall. I mean, Georgetown is OS 17 in their conference. So they'd have to literally win the conference tournament, which I'm sure would upset a lot of different people from teams in the bubble. But Providence, Nova, UConn, Creighton, Marquette, Seton Hall, St. John's, which one of those teams are you like, you know what I got my eye on? They might be okay, or I might be kind of decent this year as the Big East kind of makes a push again to have a set of good teams back in yeah. contention. Did you did you list off Nova there? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, it just kind of just rolled the room, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, from from who I've watched this year, I, I do like Villanova. I think um and and that I'm looking at their away record. They've won seven and five. That's that's good for, for a college basketball team playing on the road and in, in hard environment. So Nova, I do like them. Always gonna be well coached by Jay Wright. Um they've got some sen- some super seniors back. Um uh their leading scorer, who what's his name? I have to pull it up because I'm blanking on it right now. Um Gillespie. Colin Gillespie. He's he's a good uh veteran player who can who can definitely take the team pretty far. Uh, yeah, I like Villanova. They're one of my favorites in the Big East. I think if anybody, if I had to pick one team to go the farthest in that conference, I would definitely pick Villanova. Um, Providence, I wanted to talk a little bit about them because I've watched them this year. And if you look at Ken Palm and go to the luck percentages, I've seen, I've heard about this a lot from other podcasts I've listened to. Providence was number one. Now they looks like they bumped out to number two, but they're number two in luck. And of course, you know, you need luck throughout a season. You're going to put, you're going to have some games where it just goes your way. But supposedly from what I've listened to on other podcasts and just read about Providence has got extremely lucky this year and their record may not indicate that they're as good of a team as it might say. So Providence will be an interesting team come tournament time because, you know, like I said, they're, they're playing teams and they're getting they're, they're winning every close game. So they're eventually bound to lose something um, when they play somebody in the tournament. So Providence is definitely a team I'm going to have my eye on uh, and see how they do. Because like like I've said uh, on the Ken Palm, those numbers don't lie. They're number two in luck. And if you look at their schedule, they've played a lot of close games, which is great. I mean, they've they've won a lot of close games. That helps you for the tournament. Right. Um, but yeah. Providence is a team I'm I'm really interested in seeing how they do come tournament time. So I just had to look up Oklahoma State's luck rating too, just to see. Uh-huh. I don't know if anyone wants to also feel miserable about this, since a lot of podcast listeners here are Oklahoma State fans. Oklahoma oh State is 343 in the country in luck. 
Like, oh my gosh. Like we're below Bradley. You see so Santa literally. Barbara, Coastal Carolina. We're we're one spot above Georgetown. And my dad went to Georgetown, so that's why I throw that out there. But yeah, Georgetown, Oklahoma wow. State. Real lucky seasons here we're having. Um sarcasm for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. What's the where where do they rank? Say it again. Three hundred and forty third in the country in luck rating. Wow. And I so don't I don't know how luck is figured, but I'm gonna guess that's a bunch of the stuff yeah. that at the end of games we just go. Did you not see that was a foul? Right. 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 And There's that type of so stuff, or, you yeah. know, different. Uh, I'm going to hope that that's how the luck rating is figured because I have no idea how it is. But yeah, I, mean, I, I don't Furman know. Furman is 321, exactly. for example. Like, oh my gosh. See, and that the more now that you say that and looking back at like all the games I've watched Oklahoma State play or just like, you know, whatever. And all those close games they've been in, it makes sense now. I've like nothing. I swear, in every game that's been close that they've lost, nothing has gone their way. Nothing. The game against Baylor absolutely should have won that game. I was there. Nothing went their way at the end. Iowa State they lost at home that game. I I really remember that one. Iowa State made like thirteen three pointers and they haven't done that all year. That was a game that I knew they should have won. Um, and there's just a couple other ones that come and go. But yeah, that now that you you point that out that they're. 343 or whatever that's nothing's gone their way and as i look through this like there's not a ton of teams that just have a really good luck rating that i actually know a bunch about the teams except for providence wisconsin and then honestly it skips a while to be south carolina creighton Mm -hmm. you know we got like a a winthrop in central arkansas i don't know how much that's going to matter yeah and then you've got like a you know vcu stanford um temple but like long beach state's got a really good luck percentage so i'll be curious to see how this all does play out usc for example does have a usc you know top Mm -hmm. 40 in the country luck rating for all that that matters but the luck rating here it's like a whole it's like it's a 178 if you're one overall or 172 if you're two overall for your luck rating adjusted i'm assuming that's the amount of like points or something that goes into it but then when you drop all the way down to USC, who is 39th, they are 0.087. So it, it, it is a quite a far drop here in spots, just going that, just even go 30 spots down the list of the luck rating, where it's no longer that close in luck necessarily. But then when you get into like on the other side of it, and you hmm. do get down to the very, very bottom of the luck ratings, you're getting like the, I mean, clearly the negatives, but you're getting to like negative. Yeah, you know, point mm-hmm. one two five for Washington State, for example, who's still sixteen and thirteen overall. I mean, shout out to Washington State. You've had the worst luck in the entire country, and you still have a winning record. I don't yep. know if you make the tournament, but you still have a winning record. So, yep, definitely some interesting ways to look at that, though. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of as we try to you know round this out here a little bit more, Pac twelve got some. Different Pac-12 fans listening. Um, you know, some of my family went to Pac-12 schools, UCLA, Colorado. Pac-12 is only projected to get three teams in. One of them is USC. You know, uh, otherwise, it's Arizona and UCLA. Yeah. But the next team on the list is Oregon, who's 18-11 overall. After that, you've got Carter, who's 19-10 overall. And then Washington State, who has the worst luck in the country, 16-13. Oh my gosh! And, yeah. and any of those three teams you think could possibly like make it in, make it a run? I know I'm kind of asking about like, you know, the top six teams in the Pac-12 at this point. We're really getting into the nitty gritty of it. No. But 
it seems odd to me that I'm, a packed that I've know, watched these. twelve of twelve teams, right? Could only have three teams yeah. in. Is that you think that's really going to happen? I mean, I I've watched a lot of Pac-12. I like to if I'm I usually um, stay up later to watch some games. I know Pac-12 games start like in a little like nine set ten central sometimes. So um, if it's a good game, I'll stay up and watch it. And I've I've watched a good amount of Pac-12 games. I think clearly the best team in the Pac-12 this year is Arizona. I saw them last night. They killed USC. That was just a, mis- a total mismatch from start to finish. They just it wasn't even close. I've watched USC. Not big on them. I I could totally see them losing in the first or second round. They just don't impress me enough. Um, I think especially because they went far last year. I can't see them doing that again. I think they had a little bit of luck. Um, they lost that mo- one of the Mobley brothers. Um, I just don't think USC is anything special. And then UCLA, it really just depends on what team shows up. I mean, UCLA could make a run. It's just, will the actual UCLA team who we know that should be good, will they show up? That's the thing. Because I've seen them play in in games where they look really good. And I've seen them play in games where they just look completely lost and awful, awful offense. Um, So if I had to pick a team from the Pac-12 to go deep, I would definitely say Arizona. Then maybe UCLA, although I'm not as confident in USC and UCLA. I think those teams are vulnerable too. And then Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, it, weird year for them. They've, they, I mean, you look at the record and you're like, okay, 18 11, that's pretty good. And you don't even see them in the tournament as of right now. Um, Oregon, another team that's just inconsistent. I mean, they have a, they have a solid team. Will Richardson um, is their senior uh, guy who can play and score. Uh, he averages 14 a game. But I mean, it's going to take, I guess they, they're going to need to win some Pac-12 tournament games if they want to get in the tournament because as of right now, it says they're not even in. Uh, but beside those four, I can't see anyone else. I mean, I'm just looking down the list. Colorado, Washington State. Yeah, I can't I can't see any of those other teams winning the Pac-12. And if they do, it's just going to be completely lucky and they just make a run for it. But yeah, I don't I don't see anyone else making it outside of those top four if, if Oregon even gets in. All right, well... I'll ask you this here for kind of final thoughts here going into March Madness. What, what, what are you, what are you thinking about here? What are you looking forward to? Is it Oklahoma state's last game of the season? Cause we know that's what it'll be for sure on Saturday, senior night, um, Oklahoma state's game today against Iowa state too, you know, in, uh, in Ames, Iowa or something totally not really into Oklahoma state sports, of course, since that's mainly what this podcast was about. Yeah. Yeah, let me, I'll say one thing about Oklahoma State, and then I want to say my other point that I want to I want to make sure I bring up before yeah. we end this. My first one, I have to, I'll say a little bit about Oklahoma State. We all know it was a disappointing year overall that, that we weren't able to get in the tournament. Maybe that played into how our season you know went. Um, who knows? But I will say this: finish this finish this season strong. Try your best or do your whatever you can to win the next two games. Go into the go into the next season on a positive note because you got man. This year, I thought we were going to be like a a top 20 type team. I really had that much confidence. But I think even next year, we could be that team because Cissé should only get better. Avery Anderson should be a stud next year as a senior. We're getting Rondell Walker back, the Boons. Um, Bryce Thompson looks like he's picked it up a lot more. So there's some positives to look forward to for for Oklahoma State next year. And you just have to hope that they build off of it and and are actually that team that you want them to be next year because they've got they're gonna have some talent. Uh, we just need them to actually show it and, and win the games that they need to. And one bonus point here just to say Chris Harris Jr., I, I gotta find out what happened. 
I, I got to talk to yeah. somebody at Oklahoma State. Got to figure it out because I don't think he's played but like one game this season. And Weird. he was that guy who was going to be the sharpshooter, three point guy specialist Weird. who came in. Granted, he's six foot two. He's not like a super tall, long wing guy. But you don't find a lot of those in college anyways. And we're used to seeing Keaton Page and Phil Forte, who are maybe six foot, right? So being six foot two and being an athletic guy, I'm curious what happens with Chris Harris Jr. and really curious heading next season, what's going on with them or what's going on with really our three point shooting in general. Um, Very yeah, good point. Because that was yep. that that has been and continues to be a, a really bad stat for Oklahoma State. Yes. So let me, let me add this, that you bring that you you brought that up and that makes me, that reminds me of somebody um, who I've watched decent amount this year, but I think, I don't know if you might remember him from last year, but this is a guy, if he enters a transfer portal, he, he should, I don't know why he wouldn't, but man, he is a stud. He's the guy from Oral Roberts, Max at Asmus. Yep. Man, he, he is so good and he, he can shoot a three. Oh my gosh. Like I, I watched, I watched the game last week. They played, it was one of those small schools, um, South Dakota, South Dakota state. I think it was, mm-hmm. I mean, he just, he just could, he can light it up from behind the arc. He can dribble. I mean, he's, he put up 34 last week against South Dakota state. He averages 22.7 a game. Mike Boyden, if you somehow listen to this or if somebody can get the message to him, go get this guy, bring him in next year because he's a stud and he can, he can shoot from three and that's what we desperately need consistently. And uh, he's he's in the state of Oklahoma, so it can't be too hard to go recruit him and and bring him down the road a little bit. Fun fact: he did lead the country in points per game last year. Not this year, <sighs> led the country in points per game last year. And then there were rumors maybe he'll leave for the draft this year. Yeah. I don't I don't know if ORU could make it. I mean that they're, they're currently not the best in their conference. They're only going to get the one on that qualifier. It's hard for me to believe that the yeah. Summit League is going to get two teams in. Definitely hard for me to believe to look at four teams in, which is where you're at right now, but could not speak more to that. How yep. much do you say? Go get this guy. If you're, please don't let OU get him. That's what would really no. kill me inside. It's like, yeah. oh, you got him and we didn't. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be cool with him going back to OU, but his yes. senior year, let's, let's see if we can get him to transfer to Oklahoma State, get some scoring. That'd be awesome. Um, You know, if likely does end up graduating and leaving, or even if he comes back, come, comes back either way. Let's go grab this guy if we can. So go anyways. grab him. He can he can improve the team much much more than we could even expect. But um, off the Oklahoma State topic, I wanted to just throw this in because I um, because I've I've watched lots of games, and so I just want to make sure I, I add this in. But there are a lot of good small schools who you might start hearing about come tournament time because there are just I've I've watched I've watched a lot of like smaller teams who are, who I know are, should make the tournament. And one of those teams is South Dakota state. South Dakota state has won like 19 in a row. They didn't lose a conference game. And yeah, we talk about like Gonzaga and how they don't play a strong schedule. I'm not comparing them to Gonzaga because South Dakota state isn't expected to go win the championship, but I'm expecting them to win at least one tournament game and upset somebody. Cause I think they're that perfect, like 12 seed to knock off like one of those week five seeds. So I really, really like South Dakota State as like a small team to make an upset during this. Another team I like, Murray State. Murray State is another small school who um, didn't lose in the conference all year. Uh, they've got guys who played in the tournament uh, in 2019 when they were with um, uh, Morant, who now is tearing it up for Memphis, as we all know. Um, so yeah, 
I, if, if I had to put some teams out there as like a little first, second round upset team, my favorites are South Dakota state and Murray state. I think those teams can definitely make some noise again, not saying they're going to win it all, but they can definitely make some noise and, and, uh, at least give give a team some trouble in the first or second round if they if they do that. Man, I, I like the I like the pick because it's not you know I don't think I don't think they're gonna get shout outs from anyone. But you know what? We will. Uh, I'll mention them in the in, in the tweet about the podcast for sure. South Dakota definitely, State definitely get the Jackrabbits some love there. Um, definitely, I think that's where Adam Vinatieri went to college at. I forget exactly it, though. I was gonna. I was going to point something out really quick, but yeah, if, if that's where he went, pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I'm trying to find them on here cause I was just looking at them and this, of course it's down this list. Hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, Oh, also I wanted to point out, um, so while I'm, while I'm looking for this team, uh, the mountain West, I've, I've really enjoyed watching that conference this year. They've got some solid teams. Colorado state is solid. Wyoming is solid, San Diego State, uh, Boise State, and there might be one team I'm missing, but the the Mountain West has been fun to watch. That's going to be, look out for that tournament because if there's one tournament who I could see a team that's not expected to make it, make a run in that, in the, in the Mountain West, it's, it's one of those teams who that no, no one's expecting to win. I think that's a very, uh, competitive and, and even conference that anybody could, could win on, on any given weekend. Um, but yeah, look out for the mountain West. I'll, I'll have uh, to. Yeah. That, that should be a lot of, should be, should be a lot of fun to see. I, I mean, I'm all for the upsets, I guess this is, I love, I love it. This may be the one season going into March madness from like, I don't, my team, Oklahoma state didn't make it. Yep. We know that today. So now I'm just kind of rooting for anything possible to see a crazy amount of upsets would be amazing. I mean, just as many upsets as possible would be fantastic. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off, but I had to no, point no, this good. out really quick about South Dakota State. Yeah. This is what I was looking for. I wanted to make sure I had it correct before saying it. So South Dakota State, one of the teams I like to make like a little run, maybe maybe just make some upsets. Like I said, I don't, I'm not expecting them to win it all or go to the Final Four. But South Dakota State dominated their conference. They have three guys who average over 15 points a game, and they are third in the country in total points. They average 87.2 points a game. So watch out for them. They are definitely a team I'm circling to hopefully knock somebody off in the first or second round or something because they, they have that kind of team that can do it. So, Hey, would, would, would love, love, love to see it because <sighs> – this has got to be upset central. I'm hoping that yes, I'm hoping that Gonzaga. I'm hoping that a 16 team does beat a one team, right? Because that hasn't happened ever, right? Or did that just did that happen last year? So Virginia, Virginia, was a that's one right, team. lost to the like UMBC Gold, or Golden something? Retrievers or something, or Chesapeake UMBC Bay or Retrievers or something. Yeah, USMBC, something like that. Yeah, I think I think he used to follow him on Twitter, like University of Maryland, BC yeah. or something. Virginia, um, let's see. Yeah. But I, yeah, and we there was that was always a question: is will one seed ever lose in an NCAA tournament? And everyone's like, ah, no, they're they're too good, man. It happened, and I think it's it's definitely going to happen again. Will it happen this year? I don't know, but it'll happen again, no doubt. I think it could happen again for sure. 
I don't think it's going to happen again this year just because yeah, um, yeah. the teams that got upset here recently as I went through, besides Arizona, every team that lost, like, okay, it was, wasn't, a hor- wasn't a horrible loss, you know, technically speaking. Like, it just, it just wasn't. Yep. Um, in fact, actually, like, uh, we could, we could see, you know, crazy upsets, but we could definitely see Arizona lose again if enough to get a, the, the right or bad yeah. matchup. But I don't yep. think it'll happen because South Dakota State isn't going to match up against Arizona in the first round. It's just not going to happen. South Dakota State's too good. They're ranked too high and teams like that are ranked too good and too high. And then also, I don't think we're seeing any of the top four seeds this year play like amazing defense but not have great offense that was virginia's thing amazing defense but not good offense and virginia i forget how many points they scored in that game where they got upset but i don't think they broke 50 points and that's how they were beating everyone is they weren't letting the other team break 50 points either so i don't i don't see that happening but man um Hey, a lot of fun talking college basketball with you. Getting ready for March Madness. I know yep. the other huge sport of yours is, as I see the Cardinals championship banner next to you, onto your uh, to your right, is baseball. So we'll have to talk some baseball here once we kind of get all figured out on what what they're doing. Honestly, yeah, because there's uh, there's a lot going into it. Probably my roommate Patrick, who's he's a huge MLB fan, and maybe Jake on as well too. Just kind of yeah. dissect that whole thing. Let's do it. Because once it happens. And once once the deals all go through and baseball season can start, I think the free agency period is going to be insane too. Oh yeah, so definitely it's going to be like a it's going to be crazy. All right, well we'll leave it here. Who's your pick to win it all? If you had nail gun to head, you got to pick one team to win the whole entire thing, March Madness wise. If we don't do a March Madness preview podcast before then, which we might, who's your pick okay. to win it all? Okay, uh, this is now this is before the bracket because like right, I said, right. This is this is a way too early. Yeah. Way too okay, early. Way too early. Way too early. Way too early to win it all. I hate them, but I'm gonna say Duke. I think Duke is is a team that's gonna win it all this year. I could that's see my, it. That's they my get too some, early. Pick. They get some prime Coach K matchups that you know the tournament mm-hmm. kind of pickers and schedule makers mm-hmm. go. Let's make sure he has a little bit easier of a time than everyone else. Yep. Just to start out with. Like I just, those I just have that feeling. Like I feel like Duke could play a lot of teams that are really good teams but their strength schedule is real bad like yep. duke could be in the same side of the bracket same region as gonzaga and then same region as um uh, another bad team i you know strength schedule wise i can't think off the top of my head you know they play and, michigan in the first round or something and just kind of go from there and duke duke played gonzaga in the, in the non-conference this year and beat them there you go. So, yeah, Gonzaga's only got three losses. Once to St. Mary's, once to Duke, and I got to figure out what the third one was. But I'll have that ready for Jake tomorrow. So, Lexi, thanks so much again for joining here, and we'll catch you guys again soon. Yep, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We'll do yeah. it again. We'll, let's do a March Madness one for sure. Yeah, let's do Whenever a March Madness. Maybe we, do, um, we could do a live March Madness breakdown podcast. Put it on Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. Share it out. And then we can do the... If you're not watching the podcast currently on YouTube, no worries, but we'll hopefully have that one all set up because we can just share a video file or an extra camera or a screen or mess around with it, really get into it. So Sounds good. uh, I'll be working on that for sure. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And if you haven't already, please shoot me a review and rating or a DM on Twitter and let me know how I can improve the podcast. Thanks, guys, again. Catch you soon. Later.